What's going on, everybody? My name is Britt Jones, a country music fanatic and a 90s country historian. I like to call myself that. I am a nerd when it comes to 90s country. I know way too much about it, but I love it, just like you do. 90s country was very special, and it was very special to the artist who put out the songs that we still listen to today. And you'll hear just why 90s country is so special with my guest today, Dana Williams of the legendary group Diamond Rio. One of my favorite, absolute favorite country music bands of all time. From hits like Meet in the Middle, Norma Jean Riley, Love a Little Stronger, they had so many chart-topping smash singles. More than a lot of country artists out there today. They were a mainstay in that decade. And even into the 2000s. And still today, they tour the country playing their hits. I've seen this group several times in concert. One of my first times I ever saw them was in Cumming, Georgia at a place called Concerts in the Country, Lanier Land. Patty Loveless opened up the show, which was awesome. And then Diamond Rio closed it. And my view from a kid's point of view was forever changed. I fell in love more and more with country music that evening after seeing these two great artists perform in front of a packed house. Please join us on Facebook. Facebook.com forward slash throwback country music podcast. That's Facebook.com forward slash throwback country music podcast. We constantly update that page. With pictures, questions, it's awesome to see the comments from all over the country and even all over the world. We have fans in Ireland, Canada, South Africa, and of course right here in America. Please hit that subscribe button. It takes one second. Whatever podcast platform you're on, if you hit the, the subscribe button, it helps the podcast continue to grow. And this resurgence of 90s country is continuing to grow. And you'll see why today when you hear Diamond Rio. Here we go. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it is such an honor to be here with Mr. Dana Williams today. He is one of the members of country music mega group Diamond Rio. Dana, thanks for being on the show, man. Hey, man, thank you. Say it louder, man. Mega group. I love, love hearing that. Come on. Hey, come on. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, you know, Dana, do you ever just sit back, and I've asked some of my guests this before, and, and just... Do you realize what a decade you were a part of? I mean, that was 90s country's become its own genre now. How I mean, is it 
cool to, to in retrospect, to look back on it? You know, it, it really is, man. I, I, uh, I, I do a little, uh, a radio show that, you know, is on several little stations across the country, you know, and, uh, I do it every week and, and I set up in my studio, which I have, uh, a lot of the awards and stuff that we have been blessed with over the years. Yeah. Uh, as I listen to this music, and I play a lot of the nineties country, right. uh, in my little radio show. And, and I just listen to that music and it gives me a chance to listen back to it with kind of different ears, yeah. you know? And, uh, I, I look at those awards on the wall and, and I listen to this music and I just think, man, what a special time, uh, just in country music that it was in the nineties. Yeah. And, uh, I gotta tell you, man, I, I long for it yeah. right now. <laughs> Me too. Me too, yeah, man. Um, what do you think? I'd like to get your wisdom on this. What do you think stood? What what made the '90s stand apart from the other decades? Do you think? You know, uh, you know, I, I believe it was just uh, uh, some of it was timing. You know, it yeah. was just time. You know, and you got to go back to probably about '86. Yeah, uh, with Randy Travis. Oh yeah. You know, and that was kind of the beginning of kind of what, or that's kind of what I give credit to, kind of the beginning of what we call the 90s country. Okay, uh, yeah. Because that, that record, Storms of Life, and mm. on the other hand, 1982, mm-hmm. those songs, man, I'm telling you, uh, it just kind of opened up a whole world of writing uh, and just gut wrenching, man. I mean, I had a guy just yesterday tell me, he said, you know, that's what's happened to country music. He said, we don't, you don't have the stories anymore. Mm. He said, country music has always been about, you know, a story of either heartbreak or story of love or, or something like that. He said, it seems like we don't have the story in stories anymore. No. And, and buddy, when you go back and you listen to, you know, Clint Black and Alan mm-hmm. Jackson and Garth Brooks and, and Brooks and Dunn and, yeah. uh, and Diamond Rio and yeah. just, you know, all these different ones, man, from the nineties, Tracy Lawrence, Man, the list is just so long. You listen to those songs, man, yeah. and he's exactly right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. The the songs they were. I mean, they, I guess the writing was so it was so different back then than it is today. Yeah, it, it just seems like uh, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like we were more about the songs mm-hmm. and the singing than we were in the. Uh, That makes sense. That, that do you remember? Uh, it was a venue outside of Gainesville, Georgia. It was called Concerts in the Country, Lanierland. 
Lanierland, yeah. Yeah. I, man, I was thinking about that the other day. I, I miss going to places like that in here. That's when I would go. It was in the 90s. And I saw many acts there. And I, I miss places like that. I feel like that's a – I feel like the only place to go now is uh, – well, no, I, I take that back. You know, of course, the arenas and all that good stuff. But, man – and you probably still get to play stuff like that, but around here in Georgia, I, I don't. We don't have that anymore, and I miss that kind of venue. Yeah, there was uh, there was another place in uh, Calhoun, Georgia. Oh yeah. Uh, I can't remember the name. That was a great place for that. Yeah. And you know what? There, it's it's all about those little intimate places like that. Yeah. And to where it wasn't so. You know, arenas are great and all, but man, they are, they're so big and, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, they just, it, they kind of make people, the, the artists seem very untouchable and, and oh, all yeah. that kind of thing where those places like Lanierland seem like, hey man, we were just all in a great, in a yeah. big living room. Yeah. You know? That's good. And, uh, that's, that's kind of what's the feel and it still is the feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we play little places like that, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Do Do you see? I guess you do. But do you see uh, parents who grew up on y'all now bringing their kids, and the kids actually know the songs? Do you see that at the show? Absolutely, man. We are uh, we're seeing more and more of that. I, I can't tell you it shows how much we hear. You know, this is his or her first concert. Uh-huh. It was my. First one and now that I wanted it to be their first one. Wow. You know? Yeah. And stuff like that. And, you know, we're we're definitely having and I'm sure you you're aware of this, but I mean we are having a little resurgence for yes. sure mm-hmm. of this country. Yeah. And uh and I gotta be honest, on our end of it it feels good, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. I uh I had Billy Dean on the show a few weeks ago and he said right now he is busier than he's ever been because of 90s country and the resurgence that it's having. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's no, a, doubt, no doubt about it. We had, we had one of our bigger years last year because of it. Yeah. I, I love that man, too. That, that, that warms my heart as a fan. <laughs> it, does, it does the same thing for me, man. I mean, to think that, uh, you know, it's just showing you that that music, that music's got, got legs, man. It, it, not a flash type mm-hmm. of scene, you know. That mm-hmm. that's music that's going to be around for a long, long time, man. Exactly, exactly. And yeah, and me growing up in the '90s and growing up on '90s country, and of course, my 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 father, he would, you know, his influence, and he he loved, of course, uh, Merle and Waylon and George Jones and Johnny and all that. Well, when I tell people now, I'm 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 bringing up Diamond Rio, I'm bringing up Little Texas and, and Patty Loveless, and that's who I grew up on. So it's like those, you know, you guys and, and those other artists, they are they are who uh, that a lot of us grew up on, and we still go back to. That's who we still listen to when we drive around town in our truck. And man, do you have any idea how how funny that makes us feel? <laughs> <laughs> I am old enough for people to say, hey, man, I grew up on your music. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) But I know exactly what you mean, man, because, you know, I grew up on Haggard and and, uh, Paycheck and Mm. all these different ones. That's what I grew up on, 
listening to, you know, Buck and yeah. stuff like that. And, uh, and, you know, the clock keeps ticking. Man, Dana. <laughs> Dana, let me ask you this. When when y'all were hitting it big and stuff, and uh, who was it that you finally got to meet that you grew up on that you were basically just – you were starstruck as a fan? Is, is anyone come to mind? Oh, man, are you kidding me? I mean, uh, <laughs> Everybody. Uh, Steve Warner was a big one for me. Oh, wow, yeah. I mean, I met Steve Warner. And you just got to know, man, I, I listened to everything – Steve did. I had owned it, bought it, sang it in clubs, everything, man. I loved Steve Warner. And then when I got to meet him, and not only just meet him, but get to know him mm-hmm. and go have dinner at his house. Oh, wow. And things like that. I mean, it absolutely, you know, you get back in the car and just freak yourself out yeah. thinking that, man, are you serious? And you know what? He is one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, man. That's what I heard. Uh, Steve Warner was one. Uh, I finally got to meet Merle Haggard. Oh, wow. And uh, just, you know, I didn't hang with him any, but yeah. I did get to meet him a couple of times and talk with him. And and we also, Diamond Rio, we were part of... Uh, we were part of the bunch that inducted him to the Country Music Hall of Fame on the CMA Awards. Yep, I remember that's special. That was uh, as a highlight of our life, not just our career, but our life. Oh man! man. And did y'all, mean, y'all recorded Working Man Blues a while back, right? We did with uh, with Steve Warner and Leroy Parnell. We we called it Jed Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> Yeah, that's what we called it. Man, Leroy's a good player. He oh, can, man, he can shred. Leroy, Leroy's, uh, he is the real thing, buddy, right there. Yes, sir. Um, man, that's cool. And, well, so, I guess, let me ask you this. Um, for me, you know, growing up in the 90s, as a kid and into my teens, I, I remember in high school, a bunch of my buddies, uh, I live in Commerce, Georgia, and uh, a bunch of my buddies, we all bought tickets to Lanierland to go see Diamond Rio and Patty Loveless. Patty opened up for y'all. And I, I just remember, man, as teenagers, you know, because the teenagers that I'm around today, you know, they, their go-to is like Luke Bryan, Al Dean and all that. And I'm thinking, you know, our go-to when we were in high school and we just got our license was Diamond Rio. Now that, and to me, that's just really cool that I'm talking to you right now and um, oh man! So that's just really cool to me, you know. And uh, but yeah, I, I, the 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 cool thing about the Rio, about Diamond Rio, the Rio Boys, is that the songs that weren't released as singles were some of my favorites, like Wild Blue Yonder. I loved that song, you know. Oh uh, my goodness! And so I mean, the, y'all had some really good meat on each album. We, you know what? We really, uh, when we were recording, we really strived. Uh, really really worked hard at trying to find 10 of the best songs Mm. not just you know not just find four songs and then put some filler stuff on there yeah we wanted we wanted any song that they wanted to pick to be a single Mm -hmm. it's fine with us oh yeah yeah that was the attitude that we kind of tried to have yeah and man there were there's 
songs that, that I love that's deep on our CDs. Uh-huh. And, uh, on my radio show, I enjoy getting to play some of those, man, and just uh, just enjoy them all over again, you know? I mean, yeah. Wild Blue Younger is definitely one of them. That's powerful, uh, man. Powerful. And Kentucky yeah, Mind. Kentucky Mind was used to be one of my favorites when I was a kid. Kentucky Mind is uh, continuing to be... You know, Kentucky Mine, I'll tell you a quick little funny on that. Yeah. Had, we had Kentucky Mine when we recorded our first record. Oh, wow. And we kept recording and we recorded stuff, you know, like Don't Make Hearts Like They Used To. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. we had Mama Don't Forget to Pray For Me. And, yeah. And, uh, Mirror Mirror and Norma Jean Riley and Meet in the Middle was all on that record. We couldn't we couldn't find we was like, man, we just don't have room for Kentucky Mine on here. Wow. So I had it on a cassette tape. The demo the demo of the song I had on a cassette tape. Mm -hmm. And I kept that cassette tape and come time for us to do our second record which was close to the edge we were recording and I brought that cassette tape back out <laughs> said hey man let's not forget Kentucky Mine we all love it. yeah yeah we need to try to do that and we go through the process again and <laughs> the label says you know what they just we just don't have have a spot for it yeah you know Okay, so I kept that cassette tape. Oh, wow. And the next record came out. It was called Love a Little Stronger. Yep, my favorite record. And the label, I brought the cassette tape out again. And you gotta keep in mind, this is two, three, four years. Oh, yeah. And I bring a cassette tape out again. I said, hey, let's not forget Kentucky Mine. And the band was like, man, we just got to do that. <laughs> and the label said, we're going to make room for it. So we finally got to do that on the third third record. Finally got to record Kentucky Mud. Oh, yeah. Oh. And it's, it's to date. The band's, one of the band's favorite recordings that we've done. Wow, that's cool to hear. Funny that I mentioned that, huh? Yeah. Um, and, and the cool thing about y'all, man, is that um, you know a lot of artists, even today, they they have maybe one signature song that everybody wants to hear. Dude, y'all got a lot. Meet in the middle. Norma Jean Riley. Uh, one more day. I mean, y'all got several big hits that are could be considered one of y'all's signatures. Of course, meet in the middle. But you know, you got several more that just are, are the other artists wish that they would have had. I'm sure. Well, you know what? I've said it before, and I'll say it again, man. We were incredibly blessed Mm -hmm. to be able to find find the songs, yeah, and then uh, get then recording them, and having the team that we had behind us to to get them out to the people. And Mm -hmm. but you know what? We just dude, we're just so fortunate to to find some of those great songs, you Mm -hmm. know. what, uh, what's your you fa- what's your favorite record y'all have ever done? You think? Do you have a favorite? 
that you're most pleased uh, with? You mean a, a, a favorite CD? Yeah, yeah, full length CD. What's wow, that's hard. That's hard for me because I could go through every CD and uh, and probably make another CD. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I could yeah. I could take a collection uh, a compilation off of all of them. Uh huh. Um, because there's songs that I love off of every record we did. Uh, not that I didn't like him, just yeah. I could go and pick a whole nother record out of the ones that were never on the radio, you know? Right, right. And I just loved so many of them that we did, and there was very few songs that we did that all six of us wasn't going, absolutely, man, I love that, mm. you know? Very few. And, and I, a lot of people may not know this, Dana, but you guys, which is rare, especially today, you guys play on your records, right? Played every note, yeah, they, we didn't have uh, we didn't have anybody else other than the completely record. We had uh, an orchestra come in mm-hmm. and play on uh, a few things, but the band played everything on everything. So, how did you get the label to actually go with that? I mean, isn't that pretty hard to do, especially back then? Well, or? it was especially at the time, but you know what? Thank kudos to to Tim Dubois who was at Arista Records at the time, uh, he came and heard us live and yeah. he believed us and uh, he just kind of just said, you know, we picked out the songs and he kind of turned us loose and let us just make our own record, you know. That's and, cool. uh, and that's what we did along with Mike Clute and another fellow by the name of Monty Powell. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were able to make those records and uh, never did, uh, we never got one bit of, you know, of anybody trying to get us to do anything different. You know, it was yeah. always, you know, you guys need to get in and do another record, you know. That's cool. So it was, uh, you know, you, you don't know how good it is until you're not doing it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and, but uh, we realized it. Yeah. For sure, just how sweet we had it. Yeah, man, that's cool. That's cool, and of course, yeah. our Grand Ole Opry members. I'm sure that's a big deal. Since 1998, baby. Yeah, man. <laughs> and uh, that has that was another big highlight for me. You know, I've uh, I've kind of been a, kind of inadvertently attached to the Opry my whole life. So, mm. um, you know, I've got. I've got uncles that are members of the Opry. You're kidding. Yeah, Bob and Sonny, the Osborne brothers. Oh, my word. They are my uncles, and they're, they're the ones that originally had Rocky Top, you know? Yeah, you oh, yeah, know. yeah. And uh, so I've been here in the Grand Ole Opry my entire life. Man. And then for me to come along decades later and become a member of such an institution, it's just... That is big. Uh, kind of surreal you know but uh, yeah huh but we treat that uh with the utmost respect and and very thankful to be a part of that Mm, that's cool man i uh i got to go backstage for the first time i was uh i know you know john barry he's a buddy of mine but he uh him and his wife let me go with them one night and so i got to experience how 
sacred that backstage is in those rooms. You know, that's that's pretty special. Dude, you ain't kidding, man. That whole that whole deal, man, is a that's a special, special thing right there, you mm-hmm. know. Oh yeah. Um well, Dana, man, I'm so glad you called in. This has been fun. Absolutely, man. <laughs> you know, anytime I can talk about country music, I'm about it, baby. Yeah, and you've done a really good job at it, man. And uh, <laughs> oh goodness, um, we'll be on, we'll be on the lookout for your radio show, man. I've, uh, I've I have heard it before, and uh, but I'm radio rehab. Do what? It's called radio rehab. Radio rehab. Okay. And uh, is there a website for it, Dana? Yeah, com. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah and I'll, I'll be pushing that because that's a, I'd love to hear your show. Yeah, man. That'd well, be awesome. Well, man, uh, next time you're around, I'll come up and say hey to you. Okay, man. What's this called again? Throwback Country? Throwback Country Music. That's right. All right, man. I'm going to check you out. All right, buddy. You take care. All right, man. I'll see you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed Dana Williams of award-winning, multi-platinum selling group, Diamond Rio. Be sure you tune in next week for a brand new episode right here on Throwback Country Music Podcast. I'm your host, Britt Jones. Have a great week.